Hi, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker. And we're and Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, welcome back, Alan. Welcome back, Mark. So last time we talked about in-skill purchases and uh, people I'm sure have been waiting with bated breath to hear about in-action purchases. <laughs> um, and I know that you've actually, this is something you've been working with recently. So you're probably the expert here more than I am. Oh man. Um, so digital goods on Google could be easier, uh, especially compared to um, what you can do on, on Alexa. So we'll, we'll talk about what you can do for Google Actions and kind of uh, do a little compare contrast where it uh, fits in with what, uh, how it works with the Alexa. So um, Sounds reasonable. It's more complicated on the. Um, so, actually, let's. So, yeah, go ahead. So, I guess to, to recap quickly, what we're going to be talking about are purchases of digital goods. That's right. And, and we've talked before, we talked last time uh, when we talked about in skill purchases, that we've got three main classes of, of types of things that people can purchase one time purchases of permanent items, kind of expendable items or consumable items, and then setting up a subscription for something. And the difference between them being things like, you know, subscriptions, you need to check every time to make sure they're still subscribed. Um, consumable goods, you need to keep track of when and how they consume them. And a one-time purchase, you just need to know that they've purchased something new and you can keep track of that. That Summarize the three three classes yep. correctly. Yep. So you've got those same three options on on the Google side of things, um, though it's um, you don't have those three options when you're setting up products um, in Google Play, and we'll get into that. Oh um, it's, there's only two options, but then there's something you have to do to get the get a consumable out of that. Okay. And and again, we want to talk about these are all digital goods not yep. physical goods. Physical goods are a whole different mess on both products. Yes, it is a, a completely different ball of wax on that. Um, but uh, yeah, so a little bit on, on setting things up on the Google Assistant side of things is that it is just more complicated. Uh, not only do you need your um, you know, Google developer account that you're gonna use for your Google Action, you know, the same thing that you're going to do, um, you know, setting up your Google action and, and configuring it. You're also going to need a merchant account that's hooked up with Google Play because you're going to need to have Google Play because um, that is where you're actually defining the products. And just to make sure we heard that correctly, that is Google Play, P-L-A-Y, yes. not to be confused with Google Pay, P-A-Y. Very, very good. Make sure that the L is in there because this is Google Play. Um, but Google Play is what you use for Android to create uh, products and um, in-app purchases for your mobile app. Um, so they've they've reused that architecture. And um, in some ways, it's a little clunky to bring that over to the uh, assistant world. Um, you know, so you need to go ahead and create a product. And there's really only two options when you create a product in Google Play. You can create an in-app product and you can create a subscription. So um, okay. same, same type of thing, you create some sort of an, a, a name and a description and, and a, a, you know, how much it costs. Um, but for a subscription, you have a few more options. Um, 
billing period, there's more options. Instead of just monthly and yearly, like on Alexa, you can do weekly or you can do every four weeks. Um, if you didn't want to do monthly for some reason, um, every three months. So once a quarter, every six months, um, you know, twice a year or annually. So you have a lot more options on when, when you, uh, how long you want that subscription to go for. Um, both of them offer, I didn't mention this on, on Amazon, but if you have a subscription, you can also have a trial period. You can turn in, uh, set up a free trial and like how many days you want of, of a free trial. Um, then you've got, um, additional options on Google and introductory price. So you can say like, if they're first going into this, you can offer a different price. Then um, you can also allow, if you're going to allow them to resubscribe after they've canceled the subscription. And if there's some sort of a grace period where um, they haven't paid their subscription, but you wanna give them a few days to resolve things before <laughs> you actually cancel the subscription. So there's you know a lot more, it's been around for a lot longer um, and been used for lots of other things. So it makes well, sense that there are more options. I, I was gonna say it's, it's tied to the system that Android has been using for a while. And I guess it's, if you have a companion app, does this also mean that you're sharing, you can share stuff between the, the mobile app and the, action? I, I think so, because um, that is something that you need to do is that you, when you go into Google Play, you need to create an app and you define your products. And then you also need to associate a, an APK. So that APK file is what you get when you create an Android. So it's, it's an Android, it's the actual Android app, the, yeah. the, the program itself. Yeah. The thing that you're going to deploy to the marketplace. Right. But um but you don't actually have to deploy it to the marketplace. I guess, so you, you do have the option. This is, I'll, I'll just tell you the weird, the weirdness. I had to install Android Studio for the sole purpose of creating an APK and going into a permissions file and making sure that the billing permissions was set. And then I had to, to export my, my APK. And then I, when, I, when you put that into Google Play, you have to actually create a release but it can be an alpha release that nobody ever touches. Um, I know this is um, so, 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 but, but, but once you do that, then you can go then into your action console and associate the, uh, the, you know. Wait, you can your... go into the action console or go into the play console. So you go into the play console to um, associate your APK and to create your app. But then okay. you have to go into your actions console and turn on digital goods okay. and confirm a website and confirm the application to link your Google action to your Google Play. So, so, let's, so let's get this clear. In, in order to do action purchases, you need to write an action, which we'll get to in a minute. You need to have an Android app, which can be as little as permitting something, requesting permission and have deployed that to a release. And you need a website that needs to be verified. Yes. Right, okay. See, really, really easy, easy peasy on the developer side. Completely straightforward. Um, yeah, and it's, <laughs> There, there's documentation, but it just, 
I don't know. It just, there's a lot of it <laughs> to go through it. I, I, there's, a, there's a couple of different points during the process. I'm like, do I really want to do this? I don't know. Do I? But yeah. So, but the, the fact that you have an APK means that you really can, if you already have a mobile app um, that has an APK um, that's associated or like a companion uh, to the, the, the action itself, then yes, uh, there, there's no reason why you couldn't use that as well. Um, okay. I haven't, I haven't looked far enough to, to know if you would use the same application def definition in, um, uh, in the Google play console or not, but, uh, but, but you probably can, it would probably make sense if you could do that, but I just haven't investigated that. That wasn't something that, that um, I was okay. really looking into. So, so we've created all of this stuff. Yes. When you're testing, you need to have you need to have the the app released in order to test this on the action side. Yeah, I so know, has, or so am the, I getting ahead of myself already? So the Google Play action has to be released. Okay. To a minimum of a alpha released that's closed. That's okay. something that's defined in Google Play. I don't know. Okay. Exactly what a closed alpha releases, but um, okay. And, and this will get you access to the play console where you can create the digital goods? Yeah, well, so that's, that's yeah, you can act, have access to the, the play console to do the digital goods, but in order to associate that digital good app in Google Play to your Google Action, it has to be released in Google Play. Right, okay. So okay. there's the- Fine. There's the the products and the Google Play Console app because there's you first create an app and then you add digital goods to that app and you associate the APK to that app and you release that app. Then once that's done, then you can then you can make an association in your Google Action to that application, um, but you also have to do it to a website too. And then you can go ahead and do releases of your action to your alpha and your beta and your release. Right, and that's completely that's, that's completely yeah. unrelated to the app side. Yeah, you can stop at that point on the Google Play side and not deploy it further, and you can deploy your action all the way up. Okay. Okay, good. So we've got that established. How do we create the digital goods themselves? So if we want to set up that users can buy subscriptions or that they can buy expansion pack 12 or whatever. So the definition of the products itself is in yep. Google play console. Okay. So there's a, there's a, you know, on the left-hand menu, there's the, you know, the first thing you go in there and it's empty and you say, I want to create an application. And then you do that. And then on the left side, once you're inside of an application, there's a monetized section and there's in-app purchasing and subscription, and you can create the good there and you give it a name and a price and, and all that stuff. And it's available there. That's also then where you do the release and you associate the APK and you do all that stuff inside the Google Play Console. Okay. So you indicated there is a difference between a consumable and a one-time purchase. Yes. That's at the runtime because so- Okay. Um, okay. So I'm getting yeah. ahead of myself. Fine. Okay. Yeah, just just a little bit. Um, let me see. I'm gonna I'm gonna just quickly look at my notes to see if there's anything I missed on the setting things up. Uh, so we mentioned the merchant account on Google Play, the verified web domain, the minimalist Android app with the the com.android.vendor.billing permission, and the APK that you need to release to Alpha. 
Uh, let's see, you can set up the products. We talked about the different information that you can create for the products. Uh, so then you're in the action and you enable the digital goods. Um, oh, you need to create an API key um, and a JSON file for an, a an API key that's gonna be included inside your project so that that has permission to talk to Google Play to get your information. I'm assuming that's the API that you need to call to say, give me the list of products that's associated with this application. Okay, so um, that 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 I'm I'm guessing is the standard Google authorization type API key. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's basically that's the sort of thing you need to use to talk to any of Google's APIs. So if you're familiar with, you know, talking to Calendar or talking to Drive, right? It you need to to get an authorization key and deploy it. Okay. Yeah, it's got it's got an email and it's got a client yeah. secret and all the stuff. That's part of that. Um, we talked about connecting the website and the Android app inside the Actions console. Um, the only other thing is that uh, that that when when this when you actually use this, uh, then the user is going to get an email when they purchase something. And that just happens automatically behind the scenes. Um, I didn't have to like specify an email address. It knows who the the user is, and um, and they that user has been verified, and so it knows the the email account, and so it it goes ahead and sends an email. Okay, and in, that makes and sense. In, and in, and in, in that email, when you purchase it, it's going to give you a link, and it's going to tell you where to go uh, to to me as a user to my Google Play account, where I can see my list of subscriptions, and I can go in there and I can, you know, or products and I can cancel or I can see when things get repurchased and stuff. So that's kind of, that's nice. That's something that, that Amazon doesn't have. Um, I, I was going to say that's not, you know, so Amazon doesn't send a receipt, but no. interesting. Okay. So let's talk about the flow. So we, if let's say that we want to still do the same type of flows, like what can I buy? What did I buy? Give me details on a specific product, yep. um, buy, cancel and upsell. So let's, let's go ahead and address, um, those those same so 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 how do you get the the product list so the product list is an api and um there's a post request to an api that ends in skews uh, colon batch get and what that does is that you have to you know pass in the, uh, the a token an access token for, which is from that api um account and you pass in a conversation ID, which is something that comes in the request um, for every request that comes in as part of um, a Google action. Okay. And, and then you specify what skill type. I want um, you to give me back uh, skill type in-app, uh, which would be one-time purchases and consumables or skill type subscription, which would be just the subscriptions. And if, if that's all the information that you pass in the, in the post body, <clears throat> then... Um, then you're going to get all of the digital goods, and and this is this is different than um, Amazon because Amazon gives you the like the list of products, plus like if you've purchased them or not purchased mm -hmm. them, kind of the current status. This is just a I'm going to query Google Play and give you the list of products that you define. This is just a product list. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can also pass in an array of IDs. So like if you know what your IDs are for specific products or product then you can pass that and then it will automatically filter that. So the result comes back with just the one item or the items. Um, so <clears throat> that's that's helpful in a situation where like, um, 
when you want to do a product detail, uh, because that's you don't know as a um, without making that API call as a developer what is the the title or the description or the price. I was going to say, do you get the price back? You do get the price back because as a developer um, on Google, I need to build my own response that's going to be. Um, oh, so interesting. Purchase it. So like if you okay. wanted to create a rich response or something, the list of products to buy, then you need to build that up yourself. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. So, but but still, that's very interesting. I think the the one thing I would I would point out to this as well is that the the API that we're talking about, again, is a pretty standard Google API. So if you're used to Google APIs, or if you've if you've seen their API libraries, the libraries are there and you can use them just like you would any other. Right. So that's um, that's what can I buy? Um, what did I buy is a little bit interesting because part of the request that comes in when you've purchased something is going to be um, JSON that includes the things that you have purchased. Um, so, but it's just the IDs of the things that you've purchased. So if like, if you wanted to, to give a list and uh, like a description of the titles of things that you've purchased, then you need to take those IDs that you get as part of the request, turn around and make that same batch get um, API okay. call with those IDs. So then, then you can get the detailed description of those items to then say it to the, to the user. Okay. So basically you'd be saying, the the what you're sending to the API and again it's a standard API sort of thing again okay yeah um what is this the user attached to this session what if they purchased and you get back a bunch of IDs and then you need to go say either have made the call already or go make the call to find out what those IDs map to correct okay hmm. okay what other information comes back. <laughs> Um, the main information that comes back, let me see where that was, um, that comes back is the SKU ID. Um, so that's kind of like the equivalent of the product ID in, um, on, in the Alexa world. But it's that's something that me as a developer created for this, this thing. So it's the SKU ID, uh, it's the title, the description, and formatted price. I think those are the main things. There, you may get additional information on about a subscription, but I don't know. It would make okay. sense if it, that, it, that you do. Um, so that's the what did I buy situation. And also it's like the product details. So like if I say, tell me about the Game Pack 10 or, you know, then, then um, I could have those either, you know, probably hard coded inside of my um, app, those IDs map, mapping whatever my entity or my slot resolution is to this ID, which then I could make that same batch get call, but then pass in the ID of that one or that one SKU so that I could give you the detail about, oh, this is such and such product. Okay, so all three of these, the the list of possible items, the detail about those items and what the user has purchased are all done through the same API call, batch get? Batch get is just the product list. The things that I purchased is part of the request coming in. Okay. So when I, if, if, if I were looking at oh. the, the, requ the request JSON coming in, then I'm going to see a, um, an original detect intent request payload user package. Oh, 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 okay. So then there's an entitlements array that includes everything that I've purchased. So, so that comes in for each request as part of when an intent happens. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. 
So we just get handed that. We don't need to make an API call to know what they've already purchased. Nope. Does that get handed in every time or just after a purchase? Every time. Interesting. So I, I essentially get a complete inventory of the things that you've purchased, or at least the SKUs of the things that you've purchased. And then if you wanted to have a user-friendly name or description for them, then, then you have to look that up with the batch kit. Okay. So that's, that's really interesting. Just to make sure I got this straight, though, on the Alexa side, you need to make a call to find out what the user has, right? Yes. So the, the, the thing that when you make an API call on the Alexa side, it's not only the list of products that you have, but it's commingled with the information on if you've purchased it, if you can purchase it, how many times you've purchased it. Right. But, but, also, but also, if at any time I need to know what the user has purchased, I need to make an API call on the Alexa side. Correct. Well, on the Google side, that's given to me every time. Yes. That's an interesting difference. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So how do we make a purchase itself? What's, what does that process look like? <laughs> so um, when you want to go ahead and buy a product, then similar to a directive on, on the Alexa side of things, you, you pass something back as part of the response, which then kicks off the flow. Um, you know, so how that happens in, in Google land is that you're going to pass back a, a system intent that is going to be a specific uh, data type called a uh, complete purchase value spec. Um, and that schema includes the SKU ID, the SKU type, which is whether it's an in-app purchase, which is once again, one-time purchases or consumables or a subscription. And then the ID of that SKU or that, that description, and then like what package. So this, in essence, like what app this is part of. So that information um, gets sent back and then that kicks off the flow for the purchase um, on the Google side of things. And I'm just gonna walk through what that flow sounds like from a, from a user's perspective. So uh, like if I were to say buy subscription or buy product X, um, or if I had like a screen that had a list of products or interactive canvas that had a button saying purchase something, all those things could equate to, I'm going to send back that, uh, that uh, information and the response saying, this is what I want to buy. I want to buy this specific subscription or this specific in-app product. So if it's a subscription, then Google's going to go ahead and say to you, great, that will be 99 cents, not including tax. You can cancel it at any time it will be charged to your card that you saved in Google uh, Pay. Um, that's interesting because it said Google Pay there. That's your, that's your MasterCard ending in whatever your last four digits. The Google Play and Google Payments terms and services will apply. Are you ready to subscribe? This is why I said there's this Google Pay and there's Google Play. And, and they use both in this, right. uh, in this, canned, in this canned response. Um, so at that point in time, then the user can say yes or no. And depending on if they say yes or no, then the, the completion flow comes back into the action um, and you'll know what the user said. Um, but if they say yes, then you can say, you're all set. Your receipt is on its way. Would you like to continue where you left off? If you say no, then, this, then your purchase is done and the action doesn't start back up. If you say yes, then the, then the action, it goes back into the action. It's a little bit different if it's an in-app purchase because it's going to say, great, your total is $1.07, including taxes. So I don't know why. So wait, in one case? Taxes and the other, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> Subscriptions don't include taxes or, or don't, don't include taxes in the amount that they tell you? I'm not sure. It'll be charged to the same card you saved in Google Pay. That's your MasterCard ended in 9999. The Google Play and Google Payments terms of service will apply. Are you ready to buy? So one will say, are you ready to subscribe? The other one will say, are you ready to buy? Okay. But in, in general, the flow is similar to what it, it feels like on the Alexa side. Right. Now, if you're on the phone or if you're on a device, it just happens on the device. There isn't anything that I had to do to go into the, um, into the phone to complete the purchase flow. It's just, it just happens as part of the, the communication. Okay. And I, and I did discover, even though the documentation says that you can't do it uh, during the testing simulator, you can. Um, we've tested it before. <laughs> so, okay. So it, it works, not sure. Um, what, is, what does it look like on a smart display? Um, it's just it, it's just the text. So it's whatever you have up on the screen. It doesn't do any any special screen anything. Um, I, I was doing this on a project that was using interactive canvas, and so um, it just you know we didn't specifically have it change screens for interactive canvas, and it just uh, said the text on the current screen that it was on. because we know that apparently there are changes coming for smart displays, but we don't know details yet. Yes. Okay, so that part of it is, if not identical, I mean, it's not identical to, to how Alexa handles it, but it's, it's pretty much the same. You trigger a flow, it goes through the flow, and you get back whether it succeeded or it failed for some reason. Right, and so the continuation flow, um, there is, you actually have to set up an intent that has a specific um, event. And then and the event is the action intent complete purchase event. And when you do that, then that intent gets called when the flow finishes. Like if you say yes, so you can say yes or no to the first prompt, whether if you wanted to purchase or not, but that you want to continue where you left off, you have to say yes to that. And if you do, then it goes back into the action um, at that intent. And the, the request that comes in, um, has a complete purchase value um, schema, which includes the purchase status where there's lots of different um, available status codes. One of, one of them being purchase status okay, meaning yes, everything was good. There's various other ones like I've already owned it or the item's not available or you changed your mind. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Um, uh, canceled or a couple different error situations, but you get back um, an order ID and a unique purchase token, but you have no idea what it was that you purchased. Because <laughs> everything funnels back into that same thing. So there is actually a token. So, that so that's you why can, you can talk that, that you have to set, in fact, if you want to know, if you've got more than one thing that you're purchasing, if you want to know, like, oh, did I buy the Game Pack 12? Um, consumable, or did I buy the <laughs> subscription one or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I, you, that, that's for, I know that's for dialogue flow. I know that actions, it's a little different, but only a little different. Yeah. In that you need to create uh, a scene that has a slot type for the, um, the, complete, for the, uh, the complete purchase value. And that's how it knows... How to, how to complete that flow. 
and, and where that flow goes through. Um, but either way, it still needs to send the token. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, you asked about the difference between a... Well, it, it occurs to me, there is actually a way that you know what was purchased in an odd sort, or you can, if you know what their inventory was before, on the next time through, you get the complete inventory again, and you can compare the two. Oh, if you take a snapshot of the request that comes in as far as their inventory and then compare it, yeah, you could yeah. do that. I mean, that's kludgy. I'll <laughs> be the first to admit that, but. <laughs> you got options. So um, we talked about, so what is the difference between a consumable and a one-time purchase? Yeah. Right? So this happens inside of this completion flow scenario. There's another API call that you need to make, um, a post to um, something that ends in entitlement colon consume, which basically what it does is it deletes the item from the request body coming in. So in essence, it makes it look like you haven't purchased it before. Okay. So, so you need to know that, oh, this thing that I'm buying, that they're buying is a consumable. And then the, in the response flow, you need to say, oh, this was, they purchased five new credits. So you update your user storage for, you know, five new credits of, of whatever it is. And then you go ahead and call this API call to delete it, consume it so that they can then immediately, if they wanted to purchase that, that five pack again. So, okay, and that kind of makes sense because Google's maintaining their inventory for you. So at any given point, you know, for example, if they've purchased, you know, the, the five pack of arrows, you need to be able to tell them at any point that they've consumed an arrow. Yeah, but you have to keep track. You, you as a developer needs to keep, need to keep track of those five arrows. And you need to tell them that. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, because because there's really there's really nothing that that it's keeping track of. In fact, if you were to purchase something that was a consumable, and then it came went through the completion flow, and on the next request coming back in, it would look like you have never purchased that consumable. Right. So if you say, "What did I buy?" It would never know that you bought arrows. So if you wanted to have that inf additional information, you would have to keep track of separate counter as far as, you know, how many times that they've, they've purchased this, you know, oh, you've purchased 10 five pack of arrows or whatever, right? Um, that would be something that you'd have to, as a developer, keep track of yourself. Okay. Now, we were talking about testing this before, and I noticed one of the, the interesting warnings in the documentation that says, don't test this using the simulator. It says that, I, yeah, I don't, and I don't know what the ramification is. You can test it in the simulator. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I have, which has been very helpful. That's why I can see, oh, this is the request that's, uh, the response that's coming back, which triggers the flow. And it, you know, it keeps track of in that, uh, in the simulator, the conversation, it'll even tell you what the text is for, in fact, that's what, that's what I, I use. I just copied the text out of the simulator to say this is what the what they say. Um, 
one of the responses when you're saying yes, sir, you know, do you want to purchase? Yes. Then you actually look and there is no request or response object. Uh, no, no request object, but there's a response object or, you know, so there's, but it keeps track of it and it's helpful to, to, to walk through that. Um, so I'm not sure exactly why they would say that you should <laughs> use the simulator. Something else that got me, which was really kind of freaky is that if you're set up as like a, a tester account, um, and, I'm not, oh, yeah. I don't, and I don't think I don't think if I don't think it is that if you're an alpha tester, I think it's if you're assigned as a a user on the Google Action account, then it takes things and it speeds up time. So if you have like a monthly subscription for like 99 cents for a month, then you'll start seeing in your Google Play console every five minutes a charge and I don't know if it's a real charge I don't I would hope it's not of 99 cents so it's and and you look and it says that your subscription is 99 cents per five minutes <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know, it's quirky but you and you look and it's actually in the documentation telling you that it's doing that I'm like all right that's that's fine <laughs> but I guess no. that's a way that you can test that your monthly subscription and not have to wait a month Right. I, 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 that makes sense in some ways, I guess, but that's a little weird. Um, so one of the other things, though, that, that we haven't talked about is, so what is, what is how, do, how do you cancel or how do you do upsell? Those were two things that Alexa provides. How do you do them on the Google side? And the answer is you can't do it. Of course. <laughs> you can't do it with voice. So um, there is really no upsell. There's no documentation that talks about upselling. Um, so, I but I guess in a lot of ways, it's the same as, as selling. A, a purchase. Yeah. You, you, instead of having Google give you like that intro, uh, TTS, uh, coming back to say, blah, 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 I guess you can do that and then pass them off to the purchase flow. So I, I guess you can do that. They don't make it different. Okay. Um, and then on the cancel side of things, you can't cancel by voice, but you could go into your Google Play console and go ahead and cancel there. So, but they, they just don't handle that situation. Okay. Anything else people need to know about dealing with Google's in-action purchases? You know what? I think we've covered it. Um, so kind of just let's like uh, side by side. Um, it's more complicated to set it up on the Google side of things. A lot more moving parts. Um, more flexibility as far as um, different options. Like you can have subscriptions that are every three months or every six months, uh, something that you can't have. Uh, there's built-in stuff for upselling and, and keeping track of your inventory is something that Alexa takes care of. And it kind of does that on the Google side of things, but not exactly the same. So like if you were to buy consumables on the Alexa side, it already auto keeps track of how many times that you've purchased that consumable. And you've kind of lost that on the, on the Google side of things. Um, but um, very similar in the functionality that, that you get. Um, as, as a user, it's not quite as much. There's more on the Alexa side as far as showing the, the in-app purchase available right there on the, in the skill marketplace where you can enable it there. Um, and if you've got a screen device, if you're doing it by voice and they've got a, a custom-made screen that shows you um, some information about the product, that stuff that's, that, that's not available on the, on the Google side, but, mm -hmm. but overall uh, very comparable and, and right. functionality. We're 
Whereas on the Google side, although you don't get it listed in the directory, you do have the, the tie-in to an app directly into the could, app store. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you've got uh, an app, you know, if you've got a, a game or whatever that has an app version and has a voice version, you can share stuff between the two. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm assuming that then you could, um, if you have the same sort of uh, subscriptions or, or credits that you play on the mobile, you could just purchase it there and then they would just be available on the on the action side of things too. Yeah. So interesting trade-offs between the two. Yeah. So as always, we'd love to hear what your experiences are with actions and, and trying to use transactions for them. And if you've got any questions or, you know, want to share your own experiences, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. And uh, there, there was a time I had like made a call out on Twitter saying, somebody please show me your experiences for Google Actions that are using digital goods. And there weren't that many of it. So they're probably just... I don't know about them. So if, if you're doing something that's using digital goods or you know of an action or a skill that you like that is using digital goods, then let us know. And uh, we'd love to check them out and see how they're uh, doing it and anything that we can learn as developers on how to make that experience better. And as always, we're happy to talk about it again on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. You as well, Mark. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye-bye.